Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of FOMO Fans. My name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocialFans. Wait a second, do I really need to tell you who I am? This is episode 49 of FOMO Fans, where I am hoping to cure your fear of missing out around digital marketing. And I'm a big geek for lots of fun, technology, geeky topics, but today we're going to be talking about content marketing. What the hell is it? Why should it matter? But in my opinion, even more importantly, where does it factor in and how do we start building out content and that, that strategy around content in a world, let's face it, we have more content thrown in our face than we ever want. We have more options to consume content. We have everything, you know, I'm broadcasting this show, of course, live on Facebook Live and Periscope and you can consume things via video, consume things via audio. I mean, I'm even using uh, Alexa My and now Alexa's going to talk to me because I, I forgot that she's right here still on, but I'm I'm using Alexa, you know, I use my daily news brief every single day to get my my news read to me via the that that app on Alexa so that I can, you know, consume content in the shower and content's everywhere. Content um, is everywhere, but I'm going to really break this down. Hopefully um, open your eyes to some new possibilities and maybe just maybe uh, in the content space uh, cause a little bit of um, controversy because uh, I believe there's a lot of uh, unicorn and rainbow salespeople that live in that content marketing world space or they're in that world of hey if, if we, we if we get a if we're an agency and we, ha- we tell a brand they need to co- create content and they should do it seven days a week we're gonna get paid a lot of money to do it seven days a week not because creating content seven days a week has value for your business or not because creating it seven days a week is going to lead to success. In my opinion, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth, I really think brands have overstepped their bounds and they've actually started to hurt themselves by creating the amount of content that they're creating to the point where people are unsubscribing, muting, unfollowing, which is the end-all be-all when it comes to this content space. But before I get into that, you know, I love to thank you guys for tuning in. This show, of course, is broadcasted and syndicated on C-Suite TV as well, so you guys can check this out on C-Suite TV. And I, you know, I, I love where this show is going. We are on episode 50. I'm going to have a fun new, uh, big announcement uh, for episode 50, which will be uh, next week, about um, a new project, a kind of, I would say, let's just say it's a complimentary aspect of FOMO fans. As you guys know, I uh, I created this show. I I number the sequence 001. This is episode 049 because I've uh, made my commitment to you guys, the community, that I will be doing uh, over 100 episodes because in podcasting you truly do need to kind of embrace um, you know the 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 ability to grow a community takes a lot of time. Return on relationships is something that does not happen overnight. But I'm also a big fan of kind of pivoting the format, and so we're going to add something new uh, from episode 50 to episode 100 to this show. So stay tuned for that. But so you know this is it's it's Content Marketing World Week. So Content Marketing World is an event uh, hosted by the Content Marketing Institute, um, one of the uh, a great group of people. Uh, 
good friends with a lot of those uh, those people over there at Content Marketing World. Um, and it's in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, as a Steeler fan, as a Pittsburgh fan, uh, my dad raised me to believe that nothing ever good came from Ohio until Big Ben came from Ohio because he went to the Miami, Ohio. Um, but I will probably say that, you know, there's lots of good friends of mine and uh, Content Marketing World is probably one of the, the best things, in my opinion, that's coming out of, uh, of, of Ohio in a long time. So lots of the, the greatest minds in content marketing are there in Ohio. And, and I'm going to be the first to tell you that I am not a content marketing expert. I am not a content creating expert. I am not uh, a content creator that has gone viral. I am not someone that is a celebrity when it comes to creating content, but I am someone that loves creating content. But more importantly than that, I like creating content to actually solve a business purpose or achieve a business goal. I hate blogging, but I will. I create blogs two or three days a week on my website because I can tangibly prove that that improves website traffic and allows me to educate my community, brings people to my my owned media, so that I can start doing big things. And so I'm going to talk about content marketing, not from a content marketing expert perspective or from someone that has written a book on content marketing, but for someone that for me is. I kind of look at content marketing as a duh, like how do you how do you educate people on what you do? Well, you have to start creating some content. But what does that really mean? And then here's the kicker. In this new world, this digital world where we're distracted with so many things going on and our lives have, you know, not only not only multiple distractions, but we are we are we're inundated with different options for how we consume content. I believe a lot of brands are lost right now because they can't figure out if they should be blogging, if they should be creating a podcast, doing video, preparing for virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, should they they have a blog on medium.com? Should they have their employees taking over accounts, creating content? There's there's right now there is an overload, uh, and let's just face it, there is a there's a there's a combination of FOMO where people are afraid to miss out on the the next big wave, which seems to be video marketing. Uh, video content creation uh, at the moment, but there's also this entire group that I really think is lost on why the hell they're even creating content. And let's start that conversation right there. You know, the, the, there's the adage that says, content is king. And I don't believe that because I don't think content is king. I actually believe great content is king. And great content, and this might be the most important aspect of this entire episode, so hopefully don't, you don't turn it off right now. But here's the thing. Who determines if your content is great? Not you, the creator. Not you, the brand that's pushing it out. Not you, the, the company that's hosting it on your website. I, the, the content is determined to be great because your audience, your community, actually determines what content is great content. So, you know, when you hear this idea of how to create a viral video, well, if, if someone's trying to teach you how to create a viral video, they better understand your customer. They better understand what kind of pain points they have. They must understand other noise that's out there because I don't believe you ever set out to create viral content. You create, you set out to create content that enables, helps, and truly impacts your community so much so that they find it valuable enough to share with their audience. And that's something that we have to respect. And I think this is something that's a very interesting conversation because, you know, when you're looking at 
you know, creating a blog or, you know, uh, starting to maybe launch a podcast. Maybe you're really jumping into uh, the, 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 the future of video marketing. I can't stand any, if anybody is listening to a strategist and you go to that strategist and they tell you, the first thing you say is, I want to build a YouTube strategy. And they immediately just start helping you with a YouTube strategy. They don't get it. Because here's the thing, if you come to me and say, Brian, I want to start creating content on YouTube, or Brian, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to really, I'm going to, I, I want a podcast, I'm going to create a podcast. The first thing I'm going to, I'm going to tell you is why. Why do you want to create a podcast? Who do you want to reach? What's your goals of a podcast? Have you ever created a podcast before? And then this is the big question, and I say this, I feel like it's every damn episode, is what does success look like? I want to I know, like, just because you listen to somebody on a keynote stage, and remember, I'm a speaker, I understand how this game goes, but just because you listen to somebody on, on stage, or just because you read somebody's book that said content is king, or you, you heard about, oh my goodness, all these brands are creating content, you know, I must create content, just because you've heard that and you want to create it in a certain medium doesn't mean it's the right decision for your business or maybe even more importantly, it's not the right, it might not be the right decision to do today. Because for a lot of brands, for a lot of businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs, even big brands, I believe they start off their content journey incorrectly. They actually started off trying to create content where their audience is, not where they are most comfortable. Does everybody understand that? Because here's the weird thing about content. And, and you know, and I'm a big fan of live video. And I, you know, and I have a saying that says, just press the damn button, right? Like, I really believe in, in people, you know, having to test and get used to, the, to live video to get into it. But here's the interesting part in this whole conversation around content marketing is that if you don't ever start, you'll never actually get results. And for so many brands, they overthink this and they say, you know, I've never created video. I hate being on video, but video marketing is the, the trendy thing that I heard at some conference I went to. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to create a YouTube channel. I'm going to go all in with video marketing. And here's what happens. They, they, they create a strategy. Maybe they even hire an agency and they start overanalyzing and they start doing all of these things and they start adding these, well, I need perfect lighting. I need to know the gear, which means I need a budget. Then you're like, well, I need to understand. I need to have a, a content calendar and schedule everything out for months because, you know, nothing changes. So why, why not schedule everything out for months? Um, and then I need, to, I need to program out. And all of a sudden you have 14 barriers to entry. 14 things that are going to give you an excuse to not create that content. And I can tell you as somebody that, I mean, I struggle, and I'm very transparent on this show. You know, grammar is something that, um, let's face it, I, I must have been talking a lot during my English classes in high school and in middle school and probably even elementary school. Because um, remember, my mom even said, you know, I came out of the womb talking, uh, which is why I think I talk fast here because I've been doing it for so long. Um, but I, I'm not great at grammar. I'm not great at understanding, uh, you know, a lot of sentence structure, you know, first person versus second person, uh, you know, and storytelling. And, and for me, blogging was a painful process. Like writing, uh, and it, it's just something that wasn't, something I enjoyed. It's still, I still struggle at enjoying it today. I, I do it a lot. Um, I do it for brands. I do it for myself. But it's not something that I am naturally comfortable. And it's oftentimes something I need someone else's help with. But guess what I am great at doing? I am great at talking. I am great at being, you know, just jumping on and, and being okay with failing on video. Uh, I love and been a longtime fan of podcasting. And so if I was, was going to take a step back in my life, in my, go back to 2013, 
I had no website. I had no blog at the time. Um, the only thing I was doing was I was hosting a show uh, called Social Business Hour with Rachel Miller. And I had a, uh, it was a Google Plus, Google Hangout show. And if I had to look back, that show was the catalyst for everything. But the weird part about it was I didn't actually leverage that show as content marketing. Because I did a show where we interviewed people, Rachel and I interviewed people every Monday at 4 p.m. And we interviewed David Meerman Scott, uh, Jim Keenan, uh, I mean, a, a list, Tim Crawford, all of these amazing people. I mean, some of the biggest, brightest minds in social business. But we did that show, but then I was trying to kind of figure out where, how I was going to blog and where these things were going to go. And I didn't realize until almost a year later that I had content gold sitting underneath what I had already been doing. But because I had heard everybody telling me I needed to write a blog and I needed to do all of these other things, that it, it really became overwhelming for me. So if I had to go back, right, this is one of the things that I would truly, you know, embrace is that I would start where I was most comfortable, which was video, which was interviewing people, and I would start figuring out, here's what I believe. I would figure out how to upcycle that content. I would figure out how to take these great video interviews that I did, maybe take them, send them off to a, a transcriber, have the, have the audio transcribed to text, therefore, guess what? Brian Fanzo doesn't have to do editing. Brian Fanzo doesn't have to, to type it up. I would have then taken that and I would have taken it, you know, clips of that, maybe the best three answers to questions on that episode, because it was a, a one hour show, and I would have created that as a blog post. I then would have taken maybe the best two minute segment of that show, and I would have posted it to YouTube as a video you know, show. I would have then taken maybe the, the whole month's worth of, of video interviews and created an infographic that I would have put out on my blog, on Pinterest, I would have included it on a slide share, and all of a sudden I would have had amazing content, amazing content that, that was in my most comfortable swim lane, and it is. It's because, here's the thing, people, we, we've kind of been programmed to believe that we have to do something where our, our community and audience is, and we do, and I'm going to get into that in a second, but you, you, if you don't start, if you add barriers to your embracing content marketing, you will never get there to be where your audience is. So now we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of take us a, back, a step back, and, you know, and this is where one of the things that I, and I even see my live community uh, talking about this right now on the live, in the uh, comments, and thank you everybody for watching on Periscope and Facebook Live, but here's one of the things that I think is completely screwed up and people are doing it wrong across the board, and I feel like I should sing it because it's like R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right, respect. When you're creating content, and it could be live video content, it could be, um, it could be podcasting content, it doesn't matter what the content is, respecting, respecting your audience's time, respecting your audience's news feed, respecting your audience's notifications on their device, respecting your audience's email inbox, Nobody's talking about that right now, right? We have all these email marketing courses that are telling you how to build this, this crazy drip marketing system and how you upsell people for all these things. But guess what you do when you send me six emails in two days? You disrupt me. You make me all of a sudden realize and have to think to myself, is this valuable enough to stop me from doing what I'm doing to be bothered by these six emails upselling me something I wasn't interested in the first place? And guess what? More likely than not today in this world where the, the consumer is the most powerful person, guess what we do when we're disrupted, when we feel like they don't respect our time? 
We hit the unsubscribe button. We hit the unfollow button. We hit the mute button. And we, we get that, that disruption out of our feed because we have plenty of, of content coming in. And we don't appreciate someone that doesn't respect our, our, t- you know, our understanding of what we have going on. And guess what? That one mistake, that one time that you decided to push six emails in one week with a, you know, and that's content marketing, right? Six emails pushing a product or a release. That one, that one time you get me to unsubscribe to your blog, you've lost me from consuming your content, not just that week, for the next week, for the next week, and more likely than not, forever. And I believe respecting the news feed and respecting people's time is included in the content marketing space. You know, why are you blogging seven days a week? Does your community have nothing better to do than to read a new blog every single day? Why are you podcasting five days a week? Why are you podcasting every week, right? And I'm not saying that there's one, there's one answer for all of them, but I believe you have to start with how do I understand my users How do I make sure that my content is relative enough for them, but is not so overwhelming or disruptive that it that it's it makes them make that decision of hey should I should I get rid of this out of my feed? I mean I unsubscribe to email newsletters because I'm in the marketing space. I I probably unsubscribe to four or five email newsletters a day, and uh, there's very few that I've subscribed to email newsletters for uh, longer than a year or two. I can actually think of three right now off the top of my head. Uh, Chris Brogan, uh, his email newsletter I've, li- I've, I've subscribed to for the longest time. Uh, John uh, Ascroft, I've, I've followed his for a long time. And Jim Keenan. Those are three email newsletters that I um, continually sub- uh, have subscribed to. That They've never overwhelmed me to where I was uh, forced to unfollow or unsubscribe them. But I love live video, right? I've done 2,000 live videos in two years. 2,000 I've done individually. But something I learned early on, when I was on Meerkat, which was the first app that came out, I quickly realized to raise your stock in Meerkat, you need to go live more times, right? So I was going live twice a day, every single day. Well, what I started to realize was my, my, my standings in the app was going up, my valuable and repeat customers, my repeat viewers were going down. And what I had to do was, Brian, what do you value most when you're creating this live video content? Do you want to have the most amount of reach or do you want to have people that come back and watch your content over and over again and build that relationship with and truly, truly kind of extend that this conversation? Because to me, if you're looking at video content, Repeat viewership is my favorite statistic. And, and you guys know I'm, a, I'm an advisor for a company called Del Mundo that is doing all kinds of things around analytics in this new media space. Uh, they just released this week that Del Mundo now has uh, Instagram stories analytics. So if you're a brand and you want to be able to uh, look at your Facebook Live, Periscope, um, Snapchat, Instagram stories, and bring all of that, that, that viewership data in that video uh, in the one place, Del Mundo's doing that. And the reason I bring that up is I'm a data guy, I, and I, I love looking at data. I love looking at the content I'm creating. You know, every blog that I'm posting on my website, guess what I'm doing before I post that? I'm going on, uh, I'm, I'm testing out, uh, going into my tool, BuzzSumo, and I'm putting in the title to see if anybody else has written something similar very recently. I'm also putting in the topic into that tool to see uh, what the most trending uh, blog posts of that topic have been in the last 30 days or the last year. I'm then looking at my audience and putting a couple hashtags into my feed on Twitter and looking at, hey, does my community care about this topic? Are they, are this is something they're talking about? Because here's the weird 
aspect of content marketing is like I, I believe that nobody will ever say you're helping too much, you're providing too much value, or you care about them too much, right? These are like, I think those are like the three golden rules, right? Like if you're creating content that helps someone solve a problem, then as long as you get that content to them, which I'm gonna talk about in a minute, um, it, it's gonna be, it's, uh, that content is, is great. Um, when it comes to live video content, I always tell everybody, you know, the most power, you know, if you're, you're wanna get into live video, you wanna do Facebook Live, you wanna do Periscope, but guess what? Maybe you, you're, you're scared, you're overwhelmed by live video, or maybe you're not sure what type of content um, to uh, create. Here's, here's, here's the thing. There's a, there's a back camera on your phone, right? You have the selfie camera on the front, but there is a back camera on your phone. There's a back camera. And the cool part about this back camera is if you, if you go live from your account and you're using the back camera, guess what you can do? You can remove yourself, the picture of yourself, the thing that scares you the most from the equation. To me, the gateway for so many people getting into live video is, is pretty simple. Why not highlight your customers and use the back of your camera, right? Interview people. Allow your customers to tell their story and start your journey there, right? Because I talked about it earlier. Content marketing, so many people add too many barriers to get into it. And when I talk about this idea of you know, too much value, right? Value is determined by your audience. And what I mean by too much value is that, you know, for, for me, one of the big things that I've, I've definitely learned is, uh, even before this episode went live, is that my community and audience loves for me to talk about uh, gear. They like me to talk about, you know, what's my favorite tripod? What's my favorite uh, microphone? I'm a big geek. I'm a proud geek. I have five phones, for, for heaven's sakes. Um, you know, and I love talking about that. And so what I started to realize was, not only is it important for me to have links on that, but I just started polling my community and said, you know what, I wanna create valuable content around live streaming. What should I create? And the very first thing that I heard from everyone was like, well, what should events do with live streaming, right? Like, what, how should events look at live streaming? So guess what I did? When I realized this was something that my community would find value, guess what, guess what I did? It's pretty simple. I created a blog and a podcast episode that was simply about, guess what? How to create, how to use live video at a live event. Nothing, nothing, you know, brain, no, this isn't like breaking news, right? It's this idea, and, and I'm going to talk about tools in a second, because one of the things that I really, you know, kind of look at is to, to truly create great content and understand value. Everything comes down to understanding your users. And then I, I talked about respect, but the other piece of that is trust. And so understanding your users and then understanding the, uh, the need to create content in a form that your community finds valuable is really you know, what it's all about. And I've, I firmly believe that the field of dreams content marketing you know, idea is broken. Right? It used to be if I blog five times and I put my, the right SEO terms in my, in my blog and I put it up on my website, the people will come, right? The Kevin Costner movie. If, if I build it, they will come. Guess what? If you build it, nobody cares, right? The old adage of like, you know, if a tree falls in the woods, did the tree really fall? I would probably say, you know, if a, if a company posts to their blog and they don't uh, publicize it or push it out to where their audience is, did that blog really get created? Because in this world today, it is not about driving, uh, demanding your customer to come to you. What you must do moving forward is bring your content to where your audience is. 
That's why I, mean, I love Snapchat, right? Snapchat to me is an amazing platform because it is a one-to-many relationship, right? When I create content on Snapchat, and here, I'll, I'll create content while we're live here for on Snapchat. Like, I create content on Snapchat. I'm creating content, you know, and everyone in my community can see this content that I'm creating on Snapchat right now, live on, on my podcast. But the nice part about this is it is a one-to-many relationship on Snapchat, and then when people engage and reply, it's a one-to-one. Right? Like, okay, wait, hold on a second. What does that mean? Well, when I post content on my blog, or I post content on Twitter, or I post content on Facebook, when people comment and engage, those are, it's a one-to-many relationship back because everybody can see my comments. Everybody can see. And let's face it, there's a lot of people and a lot of you know, conversations that happen that people just want to be heard. They want to be seen. I mean, look at Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, you know, post when he posts on Facebook or Instagram you know, in this space. Majority of the comments that are in those feeds suck. They add no value. They're a waste of time. But on Snapchat, when someone's actually taking the time to reply back to a piece of Snapchat content, they're not doing it to be seen because nobody else knows how many people commented. They're actually doing it because they found value and they want to add something to that. And that is a powerful piece, right? That is a, a powerful element. And the reason I bring this up is because if you want to create great content for Snapchat, you have to understand that concept. And I believe a majority of content creation is not thinking about user behaviors. The reason I love Instagram stories uh, timed up, teamed up with Instagram as a whole is because I believe Instagram stories allows us to add context to what we're posting on our Instagram news feed. It allows us to humanize the, the perfect pictures that we post on our Instagram news feed. The reason I love live video is because live video content allows us to shrink the distance between the, the brand and the consumer and allows us to have a much more humanized level because guess what? Nobody goes live uh, on live video with just their logo, right? Like their logo cannot go live. There has to be a, a human behind there. So it's a very humanizing brand type medium. The reason I love podcasting, the reason I've been a podcast consumer for seven years, I've been a podcast host for four years, the reason I spend so much time on this show is I believe podcasting is a very intimate content creation concept, right? I know that I have a community of people that tune into me and listen every single week. And here's the other part of this is, you know, I talked about respect. I think managing expectations around the content you're creating is extremely important. Right? When you when you sign when you make me sign up for your email newsletter so that I can download some PDF or some white paper. And when I sign up for their newsletter, you're like, you're like, you must sign up for my newsletter. So, of course, I put in my email address. Those of us that are smart, we have like a dummy email address that, that get all of the crappy email newsletters. Um, but we put in our email newsletter. But when we, we're, we're actually signing up to download that piece of content. Well, all of a sudden, if you give me six emails in a week or three in a week, for heaven's sake, all of a sudden, now I'm asking myself, like, when did I agree that I wanted all of this content? And how do you even know I care about this, right? I think we've, we've gotten to this weird space of content marketing where we're doing it for content's sake and we don't give a crap about disrupting or interrupting our, our community's newsfeed. And here's the piss poor excuse. You're going to hear this a lot. You're probably going to hear this a lot right now this week. Is people will say, it's because our consumers are overwhelmed. So it gives us the excuse that, you know, if we have a, we have a 12% open rate on our email, if we send out that email, we send out emails five times in a week, maybe we're going to reach a different 12% or, or half of that 12% will be different every single time. 
And, and like, that's the reason for Omer overwhelming. But what about me? What about that user that sees that your, your content coming in my feed and disrupting me over and over again? You're telling me that you don't respect me. You're targeting the people that only consume maybe one-fifth of everything you're posting. And I think this is a massive mistake because when you're thinking about content you're creating, when you're thinking about respecting your users, you have to truly understand that value of when someone subscribes, when you guys listen to this podcast, I mean, I, I say it, but I hope you guys know that I mean it. I've, I've told you that my goal on this show is to never add fluff. I'm not doing a podcast that's 30 minutes and stopping at the 30 minute mark because I, I heard podcasting for 30 minutes was perfect. I'm going to try to share exactly what I planned on sharing for this show, and then I'm going to get the hell off the microphone because I respect that if you're tuning in here every single week, I'm getting part of your week, and we all get 24 hours in the day. And I don't want to all of a sudden drop five episodes in one week when I've never done that before, right? And if, I, if it's something that I'm going to do, I'm going to pro, you know, preempt that by kind of, let's say, managing those expectations. Well, didn't I do that to start the show? Did I not give you guys a tease? I said, in episode 50, I'm going to debut something brand new that's going to add to FOMO fans. Well, now I'm managing expectations of content, right? So now I'm letting you know, hey, if you have notifications on for me and you, you like being, you know, having a, a pop-up on your phone every time FOMO fans is live, and if you do, I love you for it, take a screenshot of it, tweet me at Twitter, iSocialFans, and I will retweet and thank you for uh, having notifications on for this show. I don't care what podcasting app you're using. But you know, if you're doing that and all of a sudden you're, I, I tell you, hey, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably add a second show, maybe third show a week. Well, now you can decide, well, maybe I don't want to have my notification on on my phone. I'll sign up for email notification so at the end of the week I get an email of the three episodes that are live so that I can choose when I consume it. I can decide when you're going to interrupt me, right? And it's because I'm managing that expectation that someone's going to do that because here's the opposite of doing that. If all of a sudden from episode 50 of this show I start creating four days a week content every single day without kind of preempting that for you, my community, all of a sudden you're going to be like, why does this keep, you know, why does this keep popping up on my phone? Okay, swipe mute notifications, or even worse, unfollow my podcast or unsubscribe from my podcast. And all of a sudden, right then, I alienated, I lost my community because I didn't respect them. I didn't respect and give them an expect, I, I, I set an expectation that this is a weekly show. And all of a sudden, I changed that expectation, but I didn't have enough respect for them to bring that to their attention. And I think that's what's living in the content space, right? I, I mean, the amount of video you know, YouTube channels that I subscribe to that are great channels, but all of a sudden they go from creating content once a week to creating content five days a week. All of a sudden it becomes so noisy that I'm like, if it's great videos, I'll probably find it on Twitter and I hit unsubscribe, right? And so I think you know, kind of to wrap a bow on this whole episode and where I think future of content marketing is going, I think we have to start by defining success. I think we have to understand user behaviors. I mean, my daughters, you know, when they, when they look at an Apple TV, they try to swipe right on the, on the TV because they're so used to uh, having devices and how they consume uh, information. My, my daughters, you know, they love uh, Kids Bop. And I, when we found that, you know, Sirius XM Radio had Kids Bop Radio, all of a sudden they're like, mind was blown because they, they now can get Kids Bop on their iTunes, they can get it on their YouTube, on the Apple TV, and all of a sudden now they can get it in daddy's car. And this is all like, hey, this is just the world we live in where we're inundated with content. And I think if you truly want to create great content and you want to bring that content to your audience, you have to respect your audience, you have to respect the user behaviors of your audience, 
And then you have to build trust with your audience. And that trust is built, in my opinion, by breaking down this barrier between the content creator and the actual consumers of content. Influencer marketing, in my opinion, is the key to making content marketing trusted and authentic as you move forward. But I've talked a lot about Instagram, uh, influencer marketing, so go back and listen to the last couple episodes of this show. You can get into my thoughts on influencer marketing as a whole. But I hope you guys look at this, and if you have a chance, follow the hashtag CMWorld, CMWorld on Twitter. Uh, great event happening over there in Cleveland, Ohio. Lots of experts, much more experts than I am in content marketing. Um, you know, I like to think I'm a... I'm a massive content consumer. I use Flipboard every single morning. I did it this morning uh, to consume about 30 minutes of content that I then schedule out. Um, uh, no, my, my daughters don't know, uh, own their own iPhone, for those that are asking on the live feed. Uh, not yet, I guess. Um, I will be getting the iPhone 8 when it comes out, that's for sure. But I consume content via Flipboard early in the morning. Um, I also consume a, a fairly good amount of podcasts uh, during the week. Uh, I don't like, uh, surprisingly enough, I don't consume a lot of video because for me, video doesn't allow me to multitask very well. Um, so I would much rather listen to a podcast or even have a, a blog um, audio dictated to me so that I can multitask and do other things. Um, and for those that don't believe multitasking is a thing, um, I will, I will you know, ask you to come here and watch how I run this podcast. I right now have four screens going on. I can see my Twitter feed. I can see my live uh, updates. I'm running Wirecast encoder. I got Periscope and Facebook Live going on. Oh, and I'm also text messaging with someone that I have a meeting with next, all while I'm still talking on this show. And if you don't believe that's multitasking, uh, I think you're just crazy and delusional. But I digress. Hope you guys get found some value in this. I think to truly start getting ourselves prepared for creating content in a virtual reality world, in an augmented reality world, and I mean, content in virtual reality is, is mind-blowing. Because if you think there's a lot of variables in play when you're going live on video, just off of your phone or off of, the, off of a camera, 360 and virtual reality factors in a whole nother level of storytelling, a whole nother level of data. And I don't believe any brand, any person is, is going to get to that virtual reality content creation spot if you first don't define success, respect your users, understand your users, and realize the importance of bringing your content to where your audience is, not expecting your audience to come to you. My name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocialFans. This is episode 49 in the books. I do appreciate this. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, please share it on social media. Podcasting is a word-of-mouth game. Majority of people find their favorite podcast either by their friend telling them about it or by someone talking about it on another podcast. Uh, I did three podcast interviews yesterday. I'm going down into Washington, D.C. today to do an, uh, an episode with the Federal News Radio um, in D.C. for a podcast going on there. You guys will hear more about that on a future episode. But uh, it's, it, this is a lot of fun. I love doing this. And uh, hopefully you guys will, will share this with your community. And we will continue to cure your fear of missing out, hopefully creating great content, doing great things, and of course, doing my favorite part, connecting great people to do those great things. My name is Brian Fanzo. Make it great.